everyone, it's Judy Warner. Welcome back to this week's Ecosystem Podcast. Today, I'm joined with Sean Patterson, the COO of Summit Interconnect Technologies. Summit is the largest privately held PCB manufacturer in North America. We talk about things that you need to know that manufacturers wish you knew to make your boards go more smoothly through manufacturing and hopefully save you a lot of time and money. I want to give you a little background on Sean because he has such an interesting background and I think it'll give you good context for our conversation. Sean was a U.S. Naval submarine officer and he got his system engineering degree from the U.S. Naval Academy. Then he went on to get his master's from MIT in nuclear science and engineering. Then he went to work as an executive at TTM, where he oversaw manufacturing operations of their aerospace and defense facilities. Then he did something unexpected, which was leave the industry and go to work for Amazon, where he took on a huge team, started out a pilot program, built a big team to help Amazon with their middle mile. And through this process, he learned so much that he hopes to bring back to the PCB industry. Additionally, he worked for as an executive of startup and all these things give Sean a very interesting perspective that I think will really inform and interest you in our conversation. Without further ado, let's jump right into our conversation with Sean Patterson of Summit. Hi, Sean. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm excited to talk to you about my favorite subject, PCBs. Great. Thanks for inviting me today, Judy. Well, um, I want to just dive right in and talk about, from your perspective, someone who's been on every side of this industry, what do you wish um, engineers and PCB layout professionals knew about PCBs? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you talked about my background a little bit uh, at the beginning of, um, of this filming, and I think, you know, I've had a pretty broad view of different industries. Um, you know, I have some different engineering degrees, I think, than typical PCB uh, individuals from control system engineering at the, the academy and nuclear engineering at MIT. And what, what that's given me is kind of a broader view of multiple engineering disciplines. Plus, I've been in multiple different industries um, between the Navy and Amazon, some startup companies, uh, 3D printing, um, healthcare, these kind of things. And, and having been at those companies as well as customers and suppliers of those companies, um, what I've really found is the PCBs are they're a pretty complex manufacturing process that's not appreciated very much. I, I actually find it's, I'd say, the most complex raw manufacturing process that I've ever seen. And I want to sort of separate that between assembly and PCB fabrication. And right. a, a lot of what people see are, you know, the components on boards, a fully populated board. And, you know, that, that, that final state is assembly. And that's where a lot of contract manufacturers um, in, in the EMS space kind of understand. And, and a lot of people don't understand the PCB fabrication, which is the bare board, no components on. Even though Summit does offer some quick turn services in assembly that kind of ties off and removing some time uh, issues to, to get customers' uh, products faster. Um, you know, the core of what we do is PCB fabrication only. And that background I just discussed is, is, has really convinced me that, you know, we're, we're taking some raw materials of copper foil laminate, some prepreg in the middle, 
and we're, we're taking those raw materials and, and I think it was like a ball of clay and we're massaging that ball of clay over and over and over again through multiple steps. Yes, there are some PCBs you can make in a day, but on average we start to get to 30, 60, even six months sometimes of the same circuit board that we're working on for seven days a week and 24 seven. And it takes that long to process it because what these boards do see is multiple engineering disciplines in the entire process. There's electrical engineering, there's mechanical engineering, there's chemical engineering, industrial engineering, and a whole host of other ones like optical engineering, et cetera. And when you add it all up, it all goes in the same ball of clay. And so PCB manufacturing is really manufacturing an end component that is an electromechanical functioning thing. Mm-hmm. That is the only, in, in most bombs, an electronic bomb stack, is the only built component in that entire supply chain. Every single circuit board is different for whatever end product it goes in. Semiconductors, there's a lot of the same. It's a one-to-many relationship of right. the number of i7 you know, processors that go inside of multiple motherboards. Even different revisions of those motherboards. They all have different design, and the only unique part is that PCB. And it goes inside a very complex manufacturing process. And so what, what I wish the engineers would uh, appreciate or, or start to understand is, is how that process works. Because fundamentally, your cost which comes down to material selection for performance uh, that we can help with. Um, that caught that, that, uh, the, the amount of time it takes to build something and the yield. And most of that is driven by design. And mm-hmm. we, as a fabricator, you're often not brought into the design cycle at an appropriate time in order to make a board successfully um, produced. Right. Most fabricators, including Summit, and I use this word like this, this sort of statement, anybody can yield anything once. Um, you know, there are plenty of board shops that can build something and we can do it. If you're like, if you're just in dire straits, say, I really need you to do with the design I have and we'll go and build it. And it may have a 10% yield. And unless yeah. you're having that active conversation with your, your supplier, especially if you're going to use suppliers for a prototype and then shift it over when you go to production, it's very important to understand how your design affected the yield, the cost, and everything um, before you wind up in a situation where you did a prototype from a company that says, we can do anything, and then you move it over to production and say, yeah, we're going to start yielding it, but you're starting at 30%, 40% yields, and your timeline and your deliveries you need do not match up to uh, you know a, a yield like that. And so it's very important for engineers to appreciate the complexity of the manufacturing process and how their design um, affects that and work with manufacturers like summit that have a prototyping to volume option in the united states because then we can transfer the knowledge and take you on that journey from prototyping to production while we're working on yields now what is certainly preferable at the end of the day is to utilize our field application engineering team or our design, um, our DFM, Design for Manufacturing Services, while you are doing the design so that day one of the entire process, you just cut out tons of back and forth and know that your design is up to standards from a reliability point of view, and as well as um, the, the quality of, sorry, the, the throughput and qual- internal quality that drives through the throughput and, and yields and therefore cost and delivery times. So, and I so think I, so I wish they would ahead. know when to bring us into that process, right? Yes. And I think I feel so much the same and I've lived it. 
right? Because of being in sales and marketing, but working with engineers for decades, specifically around the PCB. And when we basically let our PCB supply chain go to China, it's like I've lived that whole journey and we lost so much appreciation. My my friend Anne-Marie calls them little green squares, right? And if we see them as a line item on a bomb and and I'm an engineer and I miss that or I just design something for efficacy or timing and then I throw it to my buyer or to my CM and I haven't had that conversation. So much gets lost in there and so much pain <laughs> happens right. in that spot. And I also have a friend, Eli Hughes. I did a podcast with him a couple of weeks ago and he talks about full stack hardware engineering. And what he says is be aware of your upstream and downstream stakeholders. And I would say the bare PCB is one for engineers that at least I see, and you're sort of confirming for me here, is that's a piece that's gotten lost. And specifically is now where more EEs have come out of university with, you know, it's not the the tribal knowledge that the older people in our generation have gained over decades. Right. Um, so there's that, that gap. And I think this is the perfect way to self-educate and fill that gap. Mm. Yeah, that's, at least that's what I'm saying. And you brought up a point to me once, and and I also share this, is it's actually interesting. For an engineering brain, like, yeah. it's a fun field trip. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, we, we talk about the reasons to, to want to engage your manufacturer up front. Um, and upfront, it can be both in the design cycle and helping on a specific design, but can also yeah. just be broad-based knowledge of, you know, lunch and learns, we'll come teach, we'll do webinars, all these kind of things for, for your for your company in order to educate. Mm-hmm. But from like an engineer's point of view, that that's a reason uh, to, to go and see is to help your designs. But just from a pure geek perspective, which most engineers are, like it's a really yeah. cool process to see. And, and I think just by seeing it and, and being excited about seeing how things are made, like to show how it's made, right? Like yeah. a PCB, like to actually go through the actual technical mm-hmm. real process for what yeah. are probably more engineered components today as a yeah. PCB is versus sort of a commoditized mindset that people have. Mm-hmm. Like when you order a PCB with your blueprints and your, your Gerber files, you don't go to a shelf and like pull it off and say, here you go. It's no, we have to, you, you go I mean, back, we do pre-production engineering, go through an entire cycle and build it from scratch when you order it. There is no shelf, right? Which sometime I know your um, your VP of engineering Jerry Partita and I've done a lot together, and I appreciate him so much. And you know, for for people who are in the PCB fabrication industry, we can start to sound whiny about it, and uh, it, that's not the point. The point is, we want to help engineers so much. If you spend a day, you know, committing to some self education. And, um, you know, I think you told me that you do virtual and in-person, which mm-hmm. most, you know, Summit is just one of my favorites. I have a lot of history with the company, but most board shops will do this. All board shops don't have the scope of resources to do it really well, which right. is why I appreciated you 
guys so much and and why sure. I wanted to have you on because I really think yeah. you could speak to this point. Right. We I mean we cover for, again from from prototyping to 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 full volume. Um, but we also cover pretty much every type of board. Um, yes. RF, rigid flex. Including RF and rigid flex, which are, which are not easy. Right. And, and assembly um, prototyping the, services on top of that. So, so we can take you to yeah. that next level. Um, yeah. and, and we have resources to, to take volume as well on the assembly side um, that would be probably more outsourced. But, um, you know, that th- those things combined are, are really it's what's important to that that engineer, and, and it sort of help help us make you successful, uh, and and therefore it makes the relationship successful, because once you yeah. get out of this prototyping phase, right, it often gets transferred to a buyer, yeah, and, and the buyer is especially with the way tr- PCBs are treated, most companies goes into a commoditized buying market, and so now you're try these uh, timelines are assumed that they work perfectly, but they're not informed by yield and and what an engineer had done originally, and now you're saying okay, well we got it and it works, yay, and you put it over to the buyer side. Now, if there's problems, you know, your fabricator is going to say, well, we need help, you know, to change the design in order to make this more producible and hit your timelines and your cost targets more. Well, now, now as an engineer, where you thought you got rid of this thing off your plate, you're coming back to the, back to the party um, with a lot more people involved because now you have, uh, you know, larger timelines involved with your, your end product. Um, And so there's some self protection that, that can happen as well. And again, we can do this all up front and the knowledge is transferable. Like if you're working on with, with one thing, with one product line and helping you there, well, that knowledge Mm -hmm. generally is applicable to everything else. Right. right? And And I think that's a message, you know, besides. It's it's not a means to the end, right? It's, it's, yes, it's, it's gained knowledge that has been to your point lost over time. A lot of mm -hmm. OEMs used to make their own circuit boards. Some of that knowledge is, is gone. And, um, and, and, and the, you know the the PCB market in the U.S. was was crushed during the the dot com bust, um, yeah. but now it's coming back. There are capacity constraints in the United States that are that are significant, and so if you really want to be even more successful now, you have to get that producibility up because fabricators may take somebody else's because it's just going to be uh, you know an easier road to yield, and and you're going to lose. Uh, it's going to cost you more at the end of the day. Um, and, and that's because the U S is, is getting capacity strain because the com- there's more complex designs that are again, more engineered components that are causing multiple board within board lamination cycles. That's inherently eroded capacity of the United States. While at the same time, things that used to be mechanical are becoming electrical, right? Yeah. I mean, light bulb has a circuit board in it. Now you have, um, you know, cars, EVs, right. They used to just yeah. be mechanical stuff, but it's the same output yeah. or more mm-hmm. if you will of, of cars, but now it's all coming into an industry that has been doesn't have as much capacity as it used to in the United States. You have a cheap cost to launch in, in the satellite world now, and most of those designs are still bit, built in the United States for, for satellites. So there's a huge satellite demand, which comes with even more complexity on top of it and reliability. They're all going to the same fabricators, um, and and certainly geopolitical pressures uh, on the military side with replacement because of things like Ukraine and whatnot. And yeah. there's a huge demand, and so you want to be a partner with your supplier that you know you're going to be successful together because there's even there's there's just less options today. Yeah, so it's interesting to so let's sort of pivot to that part of the conversation. So as I said, most US board suppliers would gladly open their doors. So Summit is not the only one. However, I've been watching you guys for a while and watching what you're doing and how you're doing it and it 
and sort of the strategy, the strategy that's going going on, and specific, specifically when you and I met, I was exci- excited to hear some of the things that were on your mind as mm-hmm. someone who left the industry and came back, which is part of my journey too. And that is, um, you know, these reshoring efforts and not just being about the bottom line, right? So how do you make board manufacturing more modern? How do you take some of those things you learn from all those different disciplines and bring them to bear at Summit? You know, things like Industry 4.0, all of that. I'd like to hear you unpack that a bit more. Sure. So we'll talk about sort of like Summit's vision for for modernizing the PCB industry. Um, You're right. I I did uh, exit the industry for a while. I'm I'm also not, you know, as as most people in the industry, I'm not really a grow from within industry person because I did enter um, after the military. It was probably about 30 years old, I think, at the time um, when I worked for TTM. And you have an industry that sort of got, for lack of a better word, sort of beat down the commoditization part. And and so they they really started running on shoestring budgets for a while. Yeah. And and the industry was very successful, and a lot of people stayed within it. And what we didn't do, though, is is get outside influ- outside the industry influence to bring things like Industry 4.0 to the table. Um, and can't some you know if if you're not a non cash to cash business, if you're a cash to cash business, you can't really afford to do that stuff or invest in it. Like, what's really my ROI out of right. this? Besides, you know, if, if I'm right. not working in it and putting these things in place, then you know, where are we going to be 20, 30 years from now? Right. Um, and so you have to invest in that. So Summit is is coming back, and, and I came back for, for a few reasons. One is to try to make a PCB company, or I'll say try to. We will make a PCB company that is customer-centric. <laughs> um, Yay. We need to do that because uh, it's in my blood from Amazon now. But um, it's it's the right thing to do because that is your relationship with the customer so that we don't have to have podcasts where I'm begging engineers to involve us at, at front because you have those relationships that are, are formed because mm-hmm. you're coming to us and saying, this is what our expectations are and we're delivering what you expect. Cause mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the only, you know, the only people I tell the team, the only people paying the bills are the customer. The, I don't care what you say. The only people mm-hmm. that really, you know, that pay anything is your customer. And so you need to treat them uh, as, as they should. Right. I mean, the, the airstrong industry always has that whole, you know, the customer's always right. It's true. Right. I mean, it's, it's it a is. true concept. Because that's all you have. And so you have to treat your customer correct, which means doing what you say you're going to do. Now, some of the challenges with the industry is the sort of, you know, Ford kind of escaped it a little bit. There's not like machine to machine connectivity like there are in many industries. And so Summit is investing in the engineering disciplines around that to make it happen for Summit. Because there mm-hmm. is nothing you can just grab off the shelf in the industry and just go and apply it. it. It doesn't exist. And so we are investing in new engineering disciplines that are supplemental to the factories like AI, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, more, more on the machine learning side mm-hmm. um, with um, regional process engineering where we're, we're taking best learned practices between um, all sites and ensuring that we're doing it the same so we get a, cons- a consistent customer experience. And you're not, we're not going to have a lesson mm-hmm. learned in one site for some product yeah. I have. And then a year later, we learn it again in another facility. That's embarrassing. And it's also a waste of my own resources. So ensuring we, we break down those barriers. Because most PCB companies that have more than one site, we'll call it a roll up for a lack of better words or a conglomerate. 
they wind up being loosely affiliated competitors at the end of the day. And Summit is not going to do that. We can't do that. That's not the purpose of it. What's the value that Summit as a platform is bringing to our sites? And what, the, what value is that site bringing to its customers? Um, and so we need to provide uh, the sites with, with more um, tools in order to satisfy customer demand. The complexity of PCBs has increased such that you do need 4.0 kind of mechanisms because you can't just yeah, do the same do. continuous improvement over and over again. You need more data, but those data streams do not exist. They um, do not. We're applying them. The scheduling of PCBs is has gotten extremely difficult, particularly in the last three years with this capacity erosion I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And so we're investing in that space from um, you know an SNOP kind of approach um, with hardware software systems that are not inside of our industry because we do not have a solution that we can just go to. And PCBs are a little unique, and so there's some development work that we're doing with software development engineers that are summit owned and we're trying to do this so that we can ensure that the commitments that we make to our customer we deliver for and so we want to be in a state say three years from now that says hey customer it's going to be 45 days for you to get that circuit board before we would have told you 30 20 whatever because we tried to add it up in the absence of any other product line inside the facility which is sort of how things have been done historically by most suppliers we're going to tell you 45 and it's going to be 45. Not, we're going to tell you what you want to hear, and then yeah. we're going to deliver it how we could. Um, and we want to get to that place where there's an, an honest assessment on both the quality, capacity, and pricing. Um, because the customer's all you got at the end of the day. Um, it's so true. And, so and I'm telling so yeah, all those engineering kind of things coming together to deliver for the customer in a, a customer obsessed way, while at the same time providing PCB prototyping through volume and, and assembly as well. And it's, it occurs to me that if you do it, others may follow. One, it'll be better for engineers overall. It'll probably help reduce costs to them. But if you start applying these things and actually doing it, Sean, I imagine it's, it's one of those scenarios in... Um, Rising tide raises all boats. It sounds like it's good for Summit, it's good for engineers, and it's good for the industry. And one thing I'm specifically thinking about is I interviewed David Schild at PCBAA a couple months yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know much about PCBAA, but, you know, they're advocating in D.C. to get some of either the CHIPS Act money or set-aside money. So our little industry does have some augmented resources to invest and to modernize. And what I noticed is Summit has been instrumental to to PCBAA. And I love that. I love that you're yeah. right there. And again, rising tides raises all boats. So my suspicion is as you do it, it will help the industry and engineers, which is to me a win all around. Yeah, I think there's this, you know, this little statement, there's no, there's no winner in life, right? Um, you know, it's, it's not a zero sum game. We're not correct to stuff out our competitors or anything like that. We want the industry being successful is successful for us. Um, right. there is no like hundred percent monopoly that you ever want to aspire to. This isn't, you should never aspire there. And, and therefore it should be working with, uh, you know, your competitors. Right. And that has happened more and more. It's certainly broader than, than the circuit board industry and cooperation, Right. Mm -hmm. um, certainly our OEMs, particularly on the defense side, do it all the time, right? I mean, sort of back and forth ping pong yeah, with they do. who supplies what mm -hmm. and what component in supply chain to build a platform. Mm -hmm. um, right. 
And so it is important to work with that. I certainly give a plug for David um, and, and going into the PCBAA, um, yeah. joining that even as a, as, a, as a customer is important because we are legislating. Um, that also includes things like the PCBEA and IPC. And yes, it, I, now that um, I think you see two major things happening, uh, the recognition by the United States that there's a problem, aside from the CHIPS Act, which I think has some more political things tied to it. Um, one, the president signed off that we are Title III funding available. Okay, so that's a recognition that the PCB industry is a critical uh, industry yeah. for the United States and one that needs some extra help to get going again from, again, sort of pre, pre.com collapse, which right. about 3,000 circuit board shops. We're in about 200 now in the United States. Um, so there's that recognition. And then you have the defense bills that are also recognizing it, um, and, and certainly on specific on the defense side, but they're, they're recognizing it through more available funding. You have mm. things like... Um, the PCBEA that's working yeah. on PC uh, a concept called NUCO yeah. uh, in order to bring um, really manufacturing that has been done overseas. For the first time, we're kind of like bringing oh, okay. uh, talent and resources back to the United States in order to yield um, uh, smaller uh, design patterns. So mainly apt MSAT processes that really don't meaningfully mm -hmm. exist in the United States the way it's done for yeah. you know, your, your smartphone, if you will. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to do that. And, and those are shared facilities among all the fabricators to get this into designs in the United States that are going to be fabricated. And then we all kind of learn together in order to take the, the to take North America to the next level. And we need to yes. do that together because you're, you're, you're not just going to, you're not going to solve world hunger on your own. Uh, and you no. have to do it. Together. Yeah. And so there are a bunch of organizations. Someone is a leader in a lot of those um, founding member in most of them. I know. It, I love that. I, again, this is why I've kind of become a Summit fan and been tracking you guys so closely for so long, because somebody needs to take the lead. And I I think you guys are maybe one of the most involved, or if not, one of the key leadership in all these, in all these associations. So again, I think it makes a whole industry better. So kudos to you guys. And them just hiring you, I think, is, is a vote. Um, in that direction to modernize and to think differently. Um, so I think that's great. So, I mean, you and I are sort of talking in an insular way about an industry that we've both spent a lot of time in. But when we talk about solving some of these problems like supply chain, domestic manufacturing, getting additive, you know, onshored, doing all these things, why are the people that are listening to this podcast who are engineers care like well i know it will help them and i have suspicions why but in your mind why do you think this will matter or how it will impact them directly in their day-to-day -day? sure i think it kind of ties back to some of the stuff we started with um in, in terms of getting to know your fabricator while doing design inviting them into the design process mm -hmm. and where you know again summit's positioning of customer centricity um, new age technologies, or I'll say 2023. Let's just catch up with 2023 with industry 5.0, different yeah. ways of doing um, scheduling softwares, um, how we do process engineering, um, and really becoming um, a pure data driven type company um, from an engineering perspective. Mm -hmm. um, on 
then engineer side, why, why it's really important to your audience is um, one, it's cool. Two is how it impacts <laughs> your your delivery of your own product lines and um, and for you to be successful in your own career. You have yes. issues with, if, if you say, well, I'm going to go overseas for this kind of stuff, you do have bad actors that are playing in overseas. I mean, who's to say that you can't put a small chip on the middle of a trace in a PCB mm -hmm. before it's even assembled and you already have you already have something that could be a bad actor that is embedding these things inside where you do not have control of your supply chain. And so certainly the military cares about this, but certainly I think everybody else should care from a, um, regardless of what industry you're coming from. At the end of the day, most of the things that are made inside the United States in the high mix, low volume world, they're either designed to kill somebody or if they don't work, wind up killing somebody. Yeah. And so it is of the utmost importance to maintain that quality and also make sure that you have um, a secure supply chain by the fabrication inside the United States by, um, you know, trusted foundries like like Summit has as a, as a mm -hmm. certification. Um, you know, the the part yields, all these kind of things that we discussed at the beginning there, that just makes your life easier. It allows you to then trust that your your buying chain, once it goes to volume, is executing the program. Um and, and, and so th those are important. Also, by the way, turn times are coming down too if you're working with it. And so you, you can you know, be done the job faster, yield it faster, um, yep. not, not, just, not just in volume. Um, and so those, I think those are the things that would you know, help an engineer out aside from, again, all those things come back to understanding your right. fabricator and partnering with a company that wants to be customer centric um, to be successful together. Yeah, and it's just, uh, you know, it's so much morphed into, well, I just get my boards. Once it goes into production or pre-production, it goes to their contract manufacturer, and they're like, what board? They handle all that, which they do, but then, then the knowledge base doesn't get back to you that says, like you said, it's a knowledge that can go across all the products you build, save you money on every design, make you a better engineer. And what I really like, what I'm thinking about is, well, the one thing is, if you really do what you say you're going to do at Summit, Sean, people will get their boards on time and they'll be right and their yields will be better and their costs are lower. To me, there's there's no downside. No, no. And, you know... I there's, there's nothing better, especially in the quick turn area, um, than a customer sending us a design on a Friday night for some new engineer that needs to get this thing made. And the, the awesome kind of, you know, just see it in their face when we spin it up on the weekend and hand deliver it to their desk on a Monday morning. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we make them look very good and it's such a cool feeling because you're, you're taking these tangible, you know, intangible designs that are just on a computer and making them into a real thing. And, and so that, that's, a, that's a really cool feeling that we get for delivering uh, our commitment there. And, and I also think that it's that cool feeling that certainly those young engineers that you know, are making a statement are like, hey, I got this done. Um, right. You know, and, and being able to walk into their boss and say, there it is. You know, you signed me on this Friday. Here it is now. Um, th those are really cool. Um, and it's not something we're super accustomed to, but especially after COVID, we all live in a Amazon world. I order it yesterday. I get it on my doorstep today. So we think we could just do that with circuit boards. And in some cases you can, you mm. know, if you just have all the right pieces in place and 
And the design producible yeah. and everything like that. And they're right? design producible and all of that. But yeah. I do think yeah. it takes a little effort on the engineer's part to self-educate and to, you know, get the PCB. Be aware of that part of your uh, stakeholder in the process so it doesn't come back to you or you don't have to do three spins instead of one. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do it. I love talking about it because, you know, I came from that world. Um, okay, well... I know you're busy. I got to let you go, but let's um, give folks some places to go, at least at Summit. So I know you said um, they can come to your place. So if they're local or semi-local, if they're in the Western United States, it's a it's a pretty easy um, visit. So where can they learn more about scheduling a visit? Let's start there. Sure. Um, so uh, on our website, uh, that I think you're going to provide those resources at the end of this video. Um, you can go to our website and schedule a visit through those portals, or if you already are engaged in the sales um, process, you know, through just get, contact your buyers. You can get a, a tour in through the through our sales uh, representatives, or okay. through field application engineering as well. They can come out and, and see your site, uh, see, be on your site, and they can also bring you back to us. We do have facilities in uh, Toronto, um, Chicago. We have assembly in in Denver, and then we have two facilities in Northern California and three in Southern California. Um, okay, good. So That's a good, a good point. Kind of spread around. And we have, because of COVID, we do have the ability to do remote, uh, kind of forced our hand to do these kind of remote um, tours as well, virtual tours. Um, I think you get a, a better experience when you're on site. Uh, I do too, 100%. Although I've been advocating for virtual tours for a long time, I think it's a great ad for those that can't fly or don't have the time or the bandwidth or whatever. It's a good option, but I, I think you'll learn way more if you go smell some plating chemicals or something, you know, <laughs> hopefully not too much because your ventilation yeah. is good, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So people can visit your website, your um, FAEs, the sales people, they can find it on the website. I will put that link in. I think you provided that for me before. Um, where can they, uh, do you have like a blog or some kind of knowledge? Um well, they could follow you on social media because yeah, I know Jerry the, writes a lot on LinkedIn. Jerry does put and, a lot on there. I was having yeah, a conversation and I, with LinkedIn, yeah. through LinkedIn last night. Um, yes. So um, we, we do have a blog that we have started on the website that's starting to generally okay. uh, talk. There are other fabricators um, that have been making blogs for a long time. And I do actually encourage you learning that broadly too because that learning yeah. things do does help us all as an industry. Um, yeah. There are books available as well. I will tell you they're more difficult to understand because they've been, they're kind of just like ones that were written a long time ago and we keep them up yeah. to date. Um, but they do tell you the 10,000 different ways that things are manufactured for like each specific process. And so it's not as, doesn't add up in your head the way you yeah. think it will. Um, but if you want to get into the nitty gritty of what are the actual chemical reactions happening in the plating tanks, then that would be a place to go geek it out, um, particularly the PCB handbook. That's um, the one. Yep. I'll um, put that link in too. So that's uh, Happy and Clyde Cook. Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure the author. Anyways, I, I, I know did buy. It was the first I, thing I, I ever bought well. before I, when I got hired by TTM. Yes. And then yeah, yeah. it really confused me because it does tell you everything, but um, but what it does get into the the real specific engineering process engineering um, of, of how things work. Right. Um, so so those those are other resources uh, that you can use as well. Um, Okay. Also getting involved in IPC, I'd say that that would be a great uh, resource. Yeah, uh, especially on sitting on a, 
sitting on those committees, you will learn a ton. So don't think that you can't join because you don't know a lot. They're they're looking for warm bodies and you will learn along the way and you will evolve. And um, I agree with you. It, that will really impact your career. So, um, okay, well, I'll add those links as well. Sean, thank you so much. Um, congratulations, welcome back to the industry. Thank you. They say once you're in it, you Happy can't period. get away. I, I think I, I took a hiatus. Yeah. I was at sabbatical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. Um, so thank you again. Congratulations. Welcome back. And um, thank you and everything all the teams doing at Summit. I'm really impressed with what I see and appreciate all you're doing. Um, I'll let you go, but I hope you'll come back and update us as you get further down the road. Great. Thank you, Judy. And I appreciate what you're doing for the industry as well, bringing all the engineers on the journey to uh, be more informed about their uh, supply chain. That's my pleasure. Well, for our listeners, thanks so much for joining us today. Make sure you go check out the show notes, everything we've talked about. I'll put a link for you in the show notes. We hope this conversation has been helpful to you. And if you follow for me any time, you know I've been saying, go to your board house. So not only do I say it, Sean says it too. So if you have a chance to do it, go see Summit or go see one that's close to you. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Until then, remember to always stay connected to the ecosystem.